You know, there's something about facing life and death that make us realize the reality of the kingdom of God, the reality of eternal life, and the reality of our lives here and how important they are to this earth. So, Father, I pray tonight that every person right now, right where they sit, will be touched and filled by the very presence of Jesus Christ. I pray that, Jesus, you would come and you would just come down and smile upon us. Smile upon us and bring your glory into this place, Lord. In Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, we're always talking about in this church how every life is so significant. Now, if I was about to go around this room right now and just stand up a person one at a time and just begin to rattle off what God would say about that person, you would hear how beautiful and how special and how unique and how different and how, how specially made each individual person is. And each individual person, just like all God's creation, has a purpose and a plan for being in this earth. We were not created by a loving God just to hang out and just to be. You know, many people ask the question, why was I born? Why am I here? What is my life? Where am I going? And it's only when we come face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the kingdom of God, that we realize that it all makes sense. So many times I've heard people say, you know, I think, DJ, you were one of them, weren't you? You know, I mean, you gave your heart to the Lord and you, you said that prayer and then you went, stuff, everything makes sense. No, you didn't say stuff. You said, wow, everything makes, you might have said stuff, I don't know, but everything makes sense. Is that right, DJ? I mean, you were brought up in the church, hey. You, you weren't brought up in the church, you know, and, and, you know, you've been out on your own for a long time and, you know, just trying to work life out on his own. And, and, and then he, he comes here, he, he, he gets invited here. People are taught, I mean, we would go into Video Easy and just, hey, go on, mate, and, you know, building relationships with him and different ones built relationships with him. And finally he came to church and he just got, he just came face to face with the reality of Jesus, with the reality of a God who loves him, and bang, and he just went, just went, everything makes sense. Why? Because God, before the beginning of time, had DJ in his mind and his heart, and he knew that he was a seed that he wanted to sow into the soil of this earth, not just to be sown so that he could just lavish and just be um, un unfruitful and uneventful in his life, but to be sown as a seed that he would grow and flourish into all that God had for him to do and to be in this earth. Amen? Yeah. You know, and we, 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 we lost one of our beautiful seeds on Friday. And we say, well, we lost him. God, we lost Mark. What happened? And you know what God said to me? You didn't lose Mark. Mark got promoted. And I thought, that's exactly right. Because why? Because as a seed that was sown into this earth, he gave everything that he could. You know, he may have 
used all the number of his days in a short period of time where it would take us a lifetime to work it all out because he was so passionate and so crazy about God. You know, a man's days are numbered by the Lord. Do you know that? No one can take your life. A man's days are numbered by the Lord. And I I just think that this guy was just so crazy. And when I think about him, I can't help it. I just think, you know, of a prophet. You know, the family, they were comforted in the fact of the scripture about Elijah being taken up into heaven. And Elijah was a prophet. Elijah was here. Most prophetic people like that, most crazy people like that, they're just like, if for a season. Think of people like, I don't know, you guys would not know Keith Green. Anybody know Keith Green? Anybody my age in this place? Okay, there's three. Great. <laughs> but he was like that. He was a crazy radical for Jesus Christ on the planet, you know, just did crazy stuff, incredible stuff, and was gone in his early 30s, same way. And I just think sometimes God does that. And I think also of John the Baptist, crazy prophet, a crazy prophet. And it says here in John 1.6, there came a man who was sent from God and his name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. And I kind of looked at that scripture. I went, there came a man sent from God and his name was Mark. There came a man sent from God and his name was DJ. There came a man sent from God and his name was Luke. Because all of us are here to testify of the light. All of us are here not to say that we are the light, but we are a witness to the light and that we can testify of that light. And Mark was crazy like that. You know, he was also like John the Baptist in a way that he couldn't fit in anywhere. You know, John the Baptist says here in Matthew 3, 1, in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then um, this is he who was spoken of through the prophet of Zion, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And I thought of Mark, I thought of Mark and, and it challenged me. You know, the, here's this guy. And he's saying, come on, make, make straight the way of the Lord. Churches, people, get together. Let's pray. Let's get unity. Let's go up to the skilly and have a crazy prayer meeting and drop all our denominational barriers and just be brothers and sisters together in Lord and cry out for the Central Coast. And I think, you know, when, when he told us that, most churches, most leaders would go, oh, you're a nut. Oh, yeah, you've got camel hair and, and, and eat honey and, you know, you, you're a nut. Put you in the nut box and keep you away from me. That's what most people would do with someone like Mark. But my husband, when Mark sent him that letter about praying, my husband said, you know what, buddy, you go for it. Because, man, it will take a miracle, but somebody's got to say it. Somebody has to be a voice in the wilderness. Somebody has to get out there and make a way for the Lord. And I truly do believe that Mark did that, amen? Right. You know, the scriptures talk about unless a grain of seed, a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. And sometimes when our life is sown like that, and our life is sown like a, like a martyr, 
for Jesus Christ, you find the anointing increases in the lives of the people around that person and in the church where he attended. And I truly believe that tonight, that the anointing has increased in this place because a seed has been sown and it will not remain a single seed. Amen? And I truly do believe that when we do, and I do believe we're going to have that memorial service on the Skillion, that it would be a tribute to Mark, but it would also be the beginning of a people of God across the coast standing together in unity and praying together and seeing God move. Amen? See, sometimes it's, we have to, you know, Jesus had to lay down his life to see something happen, and sometimes these things happen. I thought about it, you know, you ever think about, you know, I mean, many of us, like we're young, we just don't think about dying. Huh? I mean, Mark probably didn't think, you know, a couple of weeks before he died, hey, I've got two weeks left. I mean, what am I going to do with this two weeks? He had no warning. It wasn't like he had cancer. He knew it was coming and he could put all these ducks in a row. And, you know, he didn't know. He didn't know what was going to happen. And I was thinking about it. I was thinking about that. What would the last two weeks of my life look like if I was just taken, if I was promoted, if I was taken to be with Jesus? What would the last two weeks of my life look like? And how would I stand before Jesus and account for the last two weeks of my life? And what would I leave behind? And what would people say about me? You ever think about that? What would they say at my funeral? Like, what would they say about the last two weeks of my life? And I was thinking about the last couple of weeks of Mark's life. I mean, I just, you know, I don't know about you guys. I just wish I'd really known him more. Like, I just wish that I got to know him more. You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, you know, because he just fits so well here. And I think that he finally found a church home where he could just be himself and not be judged for that or, you know, not to be put in a crazy profit box or whatever, but... Just say, Mark, you know, you're, you're such a cool guy. You are different. You are out there. But we're celebrating that. We're celebrating that. And I was just thinking about the last two weeks of his life. And these are a couple of things that, that I came up with. And, I mean, you know, we, we, we said, he sent out an email to all the churches to ask them to come pray together. I mean, he had this passion to see people come pray together. And he spent ages just composing this email so it was worded right so that people wouldn't get offended so they'd hear his heart and then he rings up Pastor Phil and he just says you know buddy this is on my heart I want you to check this out because I want your blessing on this you know I don't want to go do stuff just out there I want to come under your covering I want your blessing and of course Phil said to him man I bless this I bless you I bless this praise God for that Phil you must feel good about that you know to know that you did that and then I know that he would preach the gospel regularly on Terrigal Beach. I think for years he did that, actually, street witnessing, just to kids on Terrigal Beach, just going. I mean, he witnessed to everything that moved. Everything that moved, he would witness to. He, there wasn't anywhere this guy went that he was not talking about Jesus. And I just thought that was just incredibly challenging to me about the last few weeks of his life. He, he came to prayer meetings, didn't he, here at the church, and just about could lead the thing, Luke. Um, you know, like when he prayed, you knew that God was in the room. And, it, and he... Pardon? He rode on his bike from Copacabana to Beach. 
in the prayer meeting. Yeah. And then I heard that he that, that you know that there was a friend that was in need that needed something about a thousand dollars, you know, so he could go and do something with his career. And I heard that he just said to him, "Come on, buddy, let's just go buy that right now. I'm buying it for you." And he said, "No, I don't want that. No, I want to buy it for you right now." I even heard that he offered another guy to put a deposit on a home for him so that he could start his family. And this guy's going, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, I want to do it for you. Like this guy was crazy. Crazy, generous, beautiful. This is the last two weeks of his life I'm talking about. I'm talking about the last two weeks of his life. And then he sowed a a large amount of money into the church building fund last week. Last week, one of the last things he did with his life is say, I want to put some bricks on this place. And he purchased 16 tickets the week before he died for 16 young adults to go to a conference at $50 a head. He said, I want to shout 16 people to go and hear the word of God and be empowered in their lives. And he took all these 16 people down to Darling Harbour to this conference and you think you'd be satisfied with that. That's pretty good. That's a good day sewing. And so in the middle of the conference, you know, they had a big break and they all went down to a local pub to have lunch. He says, I'll go and buy his all drinks, guys. I mean, he's just lavishing stuff on these young people and just showing them that God loves them and everything. He went over to the bar. There was an old bloke on the bar, just leaning up against the bar. He had a bung knee and he was on crutches. And he was, you know, you know, he looked like, you know, a bit of a, you know. And so Mark just, and, you know, Mark just goes, hey, man, like, what's happening? And the next minute, Mark's telling him about Jesus and about how gorgeous that Jesus could heal him. He's laying hands on him. He's praying for him to be healed. And then he says, come over and have a drink with us. And he drags this old man over to all the young people and have a drink with us, you know, and everything. And then he goes, man, I'm going to pray for you to go to this conference tonight. And, you know, it's, it's a young adults conference. No, man, you'll love it. You'll love it. You need to know that Jesus Christ loves you. You need to know this, man. You need to know this. And the old guy says to him, I can't, I can't go to the conference because I've got an elderly mother Imagine how old she was if he was old. But anyway, I've got an elderly mother who can't feed herself and I take her around a meal every night. So I've got to take her around a meal and feed her so I can't go to the car. Ah, oh, Mark says, no worries. Jump in my car, buddy. We'll go get your mum a meal. We'll take it around there. We'll feed your mum. And so he goes into this housing commission area in Sydney, roughest place. And he goes into this scabby place and he feeds this old lady. He buys the food. He feeds the old lady. Then he drags the old guy on the crutches to the conference. No excuses now. You're going to hear about Jesus tonight. And the old guy goes to a young adults conference. And uh, who knows what happened after that. I mean, that, that's what this guy was like. And I just, I'm so challenged by this. I'm so challenged when I, when I think about his life. When I think that, what would the last two weeks of my life be like? You know, Luke, come and share with us. Um, Luke's going to share with us, like, I think the Sunday before, Luke had a word from the Lord for Mark. 
And he said, Mark, I just got a word from the Lord for you and I just want to speak over you. And he's just going to give you a bit of context of what he said. But I think, what if Luke had not been obedient to God? I mean, how many times have you thought, oh, I've got something really nice to say to someone, but it's probably not God, it probably is God. I don't know, but maybe not. But they probably know that and it's so simple, it's so stupid. I don't need to say that, da 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 And Luke was probably going through all that. We thought, no, I'm going to say this over Mark because he deserves to hear it. And he's going to tell you what he said to him. Do you you mind if I just say just a quick thing before? No, you say whatever you want. um, (laughs) It's so funny how you're talking about how he's crazy. First time I met him, I was out at uh, Forrester's Beach at a reef called Riots. And it was way overhead and um, it was massive surf. And Andrew, because Andrew had done some college with him, um, down at C3, um, Oxford Falls. He goes, oh, there's Falls. And I go, oh, I think I've met Falls when I was, like, younger, but, I, you know, I didn't really know him that well. Anyway, hey, man, how's it going? And he just turns around, his teeth are out, and he's going, how's it going, man? <laughs> Falls is my name. Bang, his hand, I'm just shaking my hand. We're in the lineup. I'm going, well, he's turned his back on the sets. He's like, hey, dude, Falls, I'm going, yeah, boy, let's get out there, quick. And he was like, ah, oh, yeah, it's all right. And it, and we got talking, and um, yeah, it's funny. We were like, Andrew and I were talking to him, we were like, why don't you come to church tomorrow? No, tomorrow. And he goes, yeah, I'll be there. And I thought, oh, I don't know if he will or not, but sure enough, he, he came, and he was in my connect group. Yeah, talk about that first, yeah. And um, he, yeah, he made his way into my connect group, and far out, I've never been more challenged and encouraged by someone. Yeah, he was just... Because you're supposed to be teaching him, right? I'm supposed to be trying my best to be, like, encouraging him and challenging him. And it was just so the opposite. Like, I'm just going, damn. And to this day, like, I know that, like, my life has been changed because of Foz. Um, But, yeah, like you were saying... Um, it's heaps hard for me. Sorry, guys. It's good. It's good, Luke. Suck it up. Yeah. So, yeah, I was preaching uh, last a uh, couple of Sundays ago. Was it two Sundays? Two Sundays ago. ago yeah. yeah. And um, it was really daunting. Like I, I tried to pull the pin on the message. Like yes, you did. <laughs> I was like, I got nothing to preach. Can I pull the pin and I'll do it another time? And it's like, you can do it, just do it. You've and got I was like, yeah, I've got to kick up the pants. So I'm like on the car ride out going, flip when I'm going to preach on. I'm like writing stuff down on the car ride out. And all I got was like just two words. One was for Vicky and the other one was for Foz. And um, yeah, um, I said... I said, oh, stand up, Foz. Um... Um, I said, oh, dude, I just want to let you know that the church is so blessed. Mm-hmm. To have you, you know, amongst us. Like, we've been so honoured. We have. And privileged to have a guy of like his caliber in our house. Yeah. 
And I was going, thank you. And I said, um, man, God is so proud of you. He's so, so proud of you. And I said, mate, if there was anyone that was going to get to heaven and have God say, well done, good and faithful servant, it'd be you. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. I don't know. There I don't, he was. Yeah, that's all I can say. I'm yeah. done. Sorry, Pastor Julie. No, it's good. Yeah. I mean, so you said, like, if anyone was going to stand and go to heaven and go and stand before God and God was going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, it would be you. Yeah. And you didn't know. No, that, of course You know, not. literally, you know, a week and a half later, he would be standing before Jesus. And Jesus would be saying those exact words that Luke had come and given him a preview of. Yeah. That's good, buddy. You're a good man. You're a good man. This is a, a text that he sent out to all the young adults that he was taking to the conference. On the Saturday, he sent this on the Friday night, exactly a week before he died, exactly a week before he died, he sent this out. As the deer pans for water, so my heart longs for God. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. No matter what's going on, I believe Jesus is going to meet us according to our longing to meet, hear and honour him. See you tomorrow with a heart full of expectation, Foz. And when I read that, I felt like it was a message to us right now. It was almost like he was saying, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you when you get there with a heart full of expectation. I'm waiting to see you when you get home. But keep this heart. Have a heart that longs for God as a deer pants for water. Have a heart that longs to meet and see and honour him. Amen. I know that that when I stood before Jesus, when I was saved, when he came into my room and showed me his face, that's how I was saved. And I looked into his eyes. I know, I know that I know that I know that I know that when I see his face again, I'll never want anything else. I knew the feeling that it felt, that feeling of looking into his face and realising that everything else is is futile, that nothing else matters when you look into the eyes of the most glorious love. Nothing else matters. And I know that on Friday, when my friend was promoted into heaven, that he got to see my Jesus and look into his eyes and be with him. And everything else fell away as he was taken into glory and given the reward for all that he had done on earth. And I'm sure that Jesus would have said to him, Foz, those last two weeks of your life, they were incredible. I mean, I just couldn't keep up with you. But since you were 11 years old, you never stopped that. And I reckon God just had to bring him home. He just couldn't hold it in anymore. He just couldn't just... I've got to love on this guy. I've got to get him right up here and tell him that I love him. I can't handle it anymore. This kid is too good. I want to bring him home with me. Matthew eleven twelve says this, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, 
and forceful men lay hold of it. If I wanted to put into a nutshell, Mark, I'd say he was a forceful man with the kingdom of God. And someone said to me, I feel like, you know, when he died on Friday, I was talking to one of the young guys and said, I don't know, I just feel like I should be doing something and I don't know what to do. It takes you like that and shock takes you like that. I feel like I should be doing something, I don't know what to do. I said, I know what to do. He said, what's that? I said, pick up the baton, run the race and outrun Foz. Go and pick up the old people off the streets. Go witness, go and give. Sow your life into the earth. Sow your life as a seed into this earth and do better than he did. You know, when John the Baptist was about to die, he said these words, I must decrease so that he, Jesus, may increase. Amen? You know what? There's an increasing of Jesus upon the earth right now amongst the people who are humble enough to decrease and just do it his way. And decrease from their pride, from their fear of man, decrease from their selfishness, from their materialism, decrease from every other distraction that would hold them back and let Jesus Christ increase on the inside of them so that the last two weeks of their life, even if they're taken by surprise, even if they're not expecting to go and meet with Jesus, but they could say, Jesus, I gave it everything. And they would stand before Jesus and he would say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into eternity. What will the last two weeks of your life look like? How will you be remembered? And when you stand before Jesus, what will he say? I don't know about you, but I reckon God sends people like Foz into our lives to just give us a kick up the pants say come on guys this is the kingdom of God let's live it amen I'm just going to get the guys to sing this song and we're just going to hand out communion and we're going to take communion together as a people and you might just want to just sit in your seat as the girls sing this song over us you might just want to say in your heart of hearts, you might not even known Foz. You might not even had the privilege of knowing him. But you know what? You knew Jesus. And you know Jesus. And he was the most self-sacrificing person there is. Maybe you can just sit in your seat as communion comes around and we hand it out and just say, As I drink this wine that signifies the pouring out of Jesus' blood for me. As I eat this bread that signifies the breaking of his body. I want to remember him. The fact that he gave his very life on a cross for me. And now tonight, as Foz did, I'm taking up my cross and I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to live. I'm going to forcefully advance the kingdom of God on the earth. Thank you, Lord. So just stay seated. Let's listen to this song. Just let communion come around and just have a time of meditation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
I just want you to just bubble up under there. I want to read some scriptures uh, just to bring us to this point where we can share communion. And there's, there's some fantastic words of God that we need to hear, I think. Uh, Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23 verse 6 says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. John 14, 1 to 4 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to that place where I am going. Philippians chapter 1. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. And Psalm 116, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And of course, Revelations 14:13 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. 